0: All right, so Erin, you have the privilege of being recorded in the strangest locations so far. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the biggest challenges I've had in terms of like even recording the podcast has been finding space. So I feel like I'm in high school when I say this, but I'm at my friend's mom's house (laughs) recording, but it's gorgeous. We are looking over this beautiful ravine, and we have our teas with us today, Mm -hmm. so... Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having in, me. In this beautiful location. So let's just do a quick little cheers here cheers. to this gorgeous location, this beautiful day. Thank awesome. you very much. This is a really inspiring location. Honestly, this is like a real artist lives here, and there's just like little pops of art everywhere, and I, I'm feeling yes. very, I'm feeling very zen and very inspired. So yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> And thank you for listening to another episode of Talking with Grownups. I'm your host, Elaine Kappagines. This podcast is brought to you by The Holistic Parent, a hub for natural health and wellness information geared towards families. For more information, you can check out our website at theholisticparent.ca or on our Instagram and Facebook at Holistic Parent Today, I am sitting down with the gorgeous Erin, and I'm going to butcher your last name, so I'm going to let oh, you yeah. go. I'm going to let you take that one. It's Morahan. Oh, Morahan. Morahan. It's Irish. It's Monahan,
1: beautiful. Callahan. All, in all that those group. Ahans. Morahan. Excellent. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me again in this beautiful location. Thanks for having me. Um, so, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? And we're going to just jump right into our topic today.
1: Cool. Who am I? That's such a big
0: question. I know. I know. What's your story? <laughs> who are you,
1: Aaron? Um, I guess. Right now, um, I'm the uh, I'm one of the owners of RevCore, which is a little fitness company that um, we developed, based in London, about five over five years ago. Now, I have a location here in in Cambridge. Yeah. And uh, I'm married to Paul and have two stepkids, Brayden and Ava. Amazing. And uh, that is kind of me in a nutshell right now. Also, I have three dogs. Let's be real. That's oh, where the my Oh, the dogs. World is. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. If you
0: follow Erin on Instagram or Revcore, you will see these gorgeous dogs. I'm just in love with your dogs. Those so, are my babies. Yeah. And that's how Erin and I met, actually, as I started to go to Revcore and uh, fell in love with the workout and have just been fascinated by Erin and your story. So that's kind of what brings us here today. Um, but the topic we wanted to talk about is step parenting. Yeah. And I love this topic. And I love that you kind of brought this topic to me. Cool. And um yes, yeah, so we're going to touch on a few things. So why don't you just start by talking about your parenting journey and kind of what's brought you to this point where you are right now? It's
1: awesome. Um, it's funny. I think the last time you and I sat down, I talked a little bit about... Always having had a feeling that I might mm-hmm. be a stepmom yeah. at some point, and it's actually sort of a strange thing because it's not exactly something that you go out striving for, saying like I'm gonna find that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it is sort of how it worked out, and you know I grew up with um, with two step parents, and um, there were so many challenges within those within those dynamics. Mm-hmm. No resources back then in the eighties uh, for for kids and families. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I don't think that there was much out there. So, how old were you when <clears throat> the step parents came into the picture? Probably around between the ages of uh, twelve with my mom's uh, partner, and then uh, maybe around fourteen or okay. fifteen. Okay, so a bit yeah. older.
0: That's a that's a hard age to ha- totally. to jump into a new relationship. Totally. With. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really challenging time. And I think that it was so, it was just, they, they were two very impactful relationships. And uh, I, I always thought, you know, if I get a chance to be a stepmom, I would love to, I would love to be able to do that because I think I could relate to how the kids feel and all the different ways that I think a stepparent can make a really positive impact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here I am with Paul. Paul and I have been married just for a few years and, um, Paul's kids are um, 11 and 13, and uh, it's been a really cool journey. I mean, they've been in my in my life since they were um, they were young enough for it to be a I think a an easier transition. Mm-hmm. They were just little ones when uh, when we all first met. Very open, always very accepting
0: from day one. So I'm blessed for that. It seems like a nice age to kind of get in with yeah. that family, right? Like you said, they're they're probably curious and they're interested and they're yes. open to a new relationship where mm-hmm. yeah. somebody a little bit older, it, it would be a little bit more challenging. Definitely. And what's your relationship like now? You know, a few years in, they are heading towards the, the teen years. Like, yeah. what's that relationship looking like now? <laughs> I'm always a little bit terrified, but honestly, it's it's
1: so good that that's, that, that it is scary, to be honest, um, because it's, it's a relationship. Each relationship is different with, um, with Paul's daughter and son. Um, but they're both so precious to me. Um, but I'm sure, like any regular parent, you kind of, you know, see those teenage years approaching, and you think, "Oh gosh, you yeah, go. know." I have
0: a two-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm already terrified of <laughs> right? <after> the teen years. <laughs> and I, I
1: look back at my own teenagehood, and I was a serious uh, hellraiser. So I feel like karma is going uh, to have its
0: way <laughs> with me one way or the other. So yeah. Um, so you said you always saw yourself as a stepmom, which I love. I think that's a really unique take on this type of relationship. Um, potentially a, a difficult question here. Did you ever see yourself having your own kids?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. I never, ever anticipated that I wouldn't have my own family. Um, it didn't work out that way. But I think that um, when I look at the way things are now, there's no question to me that they're exactly as they should be.
0: Amazing. Because yeah. it is a little bit, your situation is a little bit unique. When you normally talk to a lot of step parents, they're coming from a blended family where, yes. you know, the, the wife is coming in with their own kids, husbands coming in with their kids, and then you're blending the family together, which is a whole other oh, yes. ball game and a whole extra di- set of dynamics. Mm-hmm. But you were coming in as a single woman to this family, which I think is a really, it's, a, it's an interesting take on this type of relationship. So keeping that in mind, um, you were already a businesswoman mm-hmm. when you entered into the relationship with Paul. How has that relationship and now being a stepmom affected your business decisions? Mm, It's a great question and it's a huge question.
1: Uh, When Paul and I met, there was a lot going on um, in my life from a business perspective at that time because I was just forming my partnership with my business partner. So, you know, with a startup, you are all in with both feet and everything else you've got. Um, so the idea of creating work-life balance or family balance was never on my radar, Mm -hmm. nor to be honest, was it something that I was interested in even caring about. Um, my brain was all business and, um, and it was really new to me to have these other sort of demands or these other energies. And to be honest, I think it took me a good year and a half, if not longer, to all of a sudden have a bit of a wake-up call and say, you know, to myself, I'm really missing stuff here. Um, So I think that as a natural parent, you probably have, um, and it's not, you know, going to be the same for everybody, but I don't think I had those same, like, hormonal... Yeah. Compulsions to, but I mean,
0: you were thrown it. You were essentially thrown into a family where, yeah. you know, if you have a baby, you know, you have a one day old and yes. then you have a one week old. And then you. So it's this That's right. You, you're kind of growing together and you're kind of figuring things out together. Yeah. But yeah, you going from and especially I think your <clears throat> your career leading up to becoming um, a business owner was very interesting as well. Um So maybe you can touch on that in a, in a minute as well. Sure. But sort of coming from the career that you had you know now you're a business owner and now you're part of this family that would just been a huge transition for you so
1: yeah it, it was and um and it also was a lot like you know paul is such an active dad um and he's such a kind of organized dad that um you kind of looked at them as a, as a little trio and you're like well you guys have it all figured out <laughs> so i'll just be over here doing my thing and let's hang out when we get, when we hang out Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it because had I married someone who wanted more of like a mother figure, um, in the home, then probably that would have been a different situation. Um, So there's, you know, there was a lot of independence from day one.
0: So, uh, I mean, speaking of independence, um, because, I mean, you were single and you had this kind of crazy high-powered career before you came to Cambridge, and and now you're, you know, you're a business owner and you're a stepmom and you're living in Cambridge. Yes, very different. (laughs) Um, Do you want to just touch a little bit on, like, what your your career path leading up to this was? Just because I think it's
1: so fascinating. Oh my goodness. It's just such a winding road that I don't know how to sum it up, but... um, Yeah, I've always, uh, you know, for the most part been an entrepreneur. Um, I started my first business in my early twenties, um, in event planning in Toronto and, um, you know, also, uh, worked, we had a catering business. I've owned multiple gyms, um, with my former partner. Uh, and, um, I've done a ton of consulting in the wellness space as well, um, consulting on business development. So my current business partner was one of my coaching clients. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I've always been um, very, very passionate and in love with my work. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, there's there's no question that, that that's always been my priority is my work. I love my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also always taught fitness or shared movement in some way, um, whether it's yoga or dance or whatever it is. Um, you know, my, my passions are very much at the forefront of my work. So it's not as if I was looking for something... That wasn't there. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, always a always a fun question. But how did you and Paul meet? Like, what's your yeah. what's your meet cute? <laughs> we we met
1: online. I love it. We met on Plenty
0: of Fish. Oh my god. People I love always it. ask me
1: what platform, and I'm embarrassed to say. No offense. Uh, plenty of Fish. I don't even know if that's still a thing. I don't know. I don't know um, but uh, yeah, we met online, and it was definitely. Um, A very chance meeting I would say Um, I had been online a couple of times I'd had some pretty you know typical online Mm -hmm. dating experiences some good mostly terrible (laughs) Um, and uh, I was having dinner Um, I had moved out to Cambridge just you know it was right after I had moved out here um, where things are definitely more family focused than they are in Toronto um, where I think my my peer group was more career focused Mm -hmm. for sure So I was having dinner with some girlfriends, and I was getting that sort of, you know, oh my goodness, you're in your late 30s, and you're going to have so many regrets. Like what are you thinking just being happy being single? And I really was in this space of feeling so content um, being out here doing my thing and not dating. And you know, I'd had a couple glasses of wine and I was like, oh geez, I went home and I thought, you know, oh my goodness, what if I, what if they're right? Now,
0: now they're in your head. Right? Now they're in my head.
1: And, uh, and so, you know, I, I kind of hop online and I, I made a profile without a photo, um, which I don't know if that's ever a good idea, but having a somewhat public, uh, you know, even just as an instructor, you're yeah. exposed. So I just didn't want my photo out there. And so sure enough, you get all these you know wacko responses, and uh, the next couple days, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just deleting this profile. And for some reason, I opened one of the emails, and I think I opened it because the spelling and grammar in the subject line were <laughs> nice, good, good job, accurate, good job, Paul. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, right away, right away. Um, I knew that there was something about the, the gentle kindness of this person's communication style, um, that yeah, right away I had a funny feeling about this guy. So yeah, it just was one of those.
0: And um, then was a bit of a whirlwind, like where? Total total, whirlwind.
1: (laughs) Um, we met within a, a week or two, I think, and, um, it was a pretty instant connection. Paul is very, very different from any partner I've had before. Um, And I loved that he was strong as a father and he was very strong in his values. Um, And I loved that he was happy independently um, because I knew that that's what I was looking for as a primary thing in a partner.
0: And then how how did he help with the transition to bring you into the relationship with his kids because it sounds like they already they had a very tight relationship. So to bring somebody else into the mix, how what was what was his transition like? How did he help with that transition? Um, that is such a cool question. (laughs) I don't even know.
1: I think that um he's a very pragmatic person. That's actually his favorite word and I make fun of him every time. (laughs) Good word. Um but he's just a very level headed practical thinker and um We just had really great open dialogue about it, and I think the thing that was great is that we had a lot of conversation before meeting the kids about my experience growing up as a step-kid, the the things that I would do differently, the things that, you know, to be honest, I think he pushed for me to meet the kids before um, I felt we were all ready, and I remember feeling so great that I could communicate my point of view with him and that he was respectful and open um, to my experience with that. Because I was the only one of the two of us who knew what it felt like to be that kid. Um, Granted, not at, I think, five and seven or however old they were at that time. Um, But it was so important to me, to be honest, that we not meet Mm -hmm. if we weren't going to have a good trajectory as a couple married or not i just wanted to know we were going to be together for a good while yeah before we got together
0: and then how did the, how what was the kids reception like like they were like you said they were pretty young but yeah. what you know over now even over the last 5 years what has their reception been to you
1: um they are just in general really open loving kids i'm not sure what the deal is with these kids but <laughs> everyone who meets them Um, Even when I look at the way that they've embraced my extended family, like my own aunts and uncles, and even my friends and people around the studio, they're just open people. Um, They're very cool kids, so uh, they have always been good communicators, loving, kind. um, We just have a great friendship. And would you describe your relationship with them as a friendship, Yeah, I would, to be honest. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that um, is interesting, I I mentioned to you before that, um, you know, when I became a stepmom, or when I knew I was going to become a stepmom, I thought, you know, it's so funny, because so many of your friends who are moms are in, you know, mom groups online, and there's so many great resources. And I thought, Oh, as a writer, I'm interested to see if there are some great blogs that I could contribute to because what a cool journey mm-hmm. um, to be on, and what an interesting topic to share. And I was surprised to learn when I kind of Googled step parent support or blogs or you know things like that that all I saw out there were very serious kind of dos and don'ts yeah. and kind of almost medical mm-hmm. um, style resources for parents like a lot of things on WebMD and you know how to not mess it up basically. And um, you know, one of the biggest things that I that I felt, um, back to your question is that um, you know, so many of these resources talk about how to be this secondary parent or this different type of parent. And to me, um Unless there's a situation where the child has maybe lost one of their parents, Mm -hmm. I really don't think those kids need another parent. They have two, um, and they have their grandparents. So I've always felt that they need an ally, a friend, and a mentor, an example, a role model. So... even though it's not like a friend that you hang out with and, you know, when they're older, we're not like going to the club or something, but, um, you never know. (laughs) That's, that was how my stepmother approached things. Um, (laughs) and that's a whole other,
0: that's a whole other (laughs) podcast.
1: Um, but, uh, I, I really think that they need someone who, um, who they can just trust and who will listen to them and who will give them a different
0: point of view. That's actually, that's such a perfect segue into my next question. So I would like to kind of circle back to the business side of things. Um, And we talked about this last time was the uh, She Runs the World program. And I'm just, I'm still fascinated by this, by this program. Um, So first of all, do you want to sort of talk about what the program is? Mm -hmm. And my my sort of follow-up question to that is, um, was that influenced by your children at Mm -hmm. all and and (laughs) looking to reach the youth? because now you've had experience with youth and you're starting to see yourself as a mentor. So mm-hmm. yeah, do you wanna start like just sort of what it is and then, Sure, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we started She Runs the World about a year and a half ago, I think. Basically, um, it was a, a dream project of um, my business partner, Angie in London, as well as her manager, um, or one of her uh, sort of team leaders, Maddie, um, who's always worked with youth. And um, the idea was really to create a platform to empower young girls um, through connection and through movement mm-hmm. and, and conversation. Really, more than anything, um, I've always believed that movement is such a such an important link in in healthy social um, mm-hmm. healthy healthiness and well being. Um, so you know, we we started. Um, she runs the world. Uh, it's so funny. I keep going to call it Power of Movement, which is another um, another big uh, charity fundraising project of mine. It's so funny because they have so many parallels. But, anyways, um, we started Power of Movement. Oh my gosh, I did it again. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird because that's a project that I started over 10 years ago, but it's, it's just always stuck in your brain. Right there because I, I loved it and oh. it was special. But, anyways. So when we started She Runs the World, it was basically free class programming, um, movement class programming for girls 11 to 15. A lot of the conversation that came up for me was also around how I think boys also need to be part yeah, of the Yeah, so this is what I really liked about
0: our conversation last time was mm-hmm. you know, when we asked, I asked you about this program and kind of where the future of it was, and then we sort of cycled back around to where boys fit into this, mm-hmm. and I love this conversation And then kind of linking it back to you have a stepdaughter and a stepson. Mm -hmm. So that has got to influence your thinking around the way that you interact with youth.
1: It does. And also, um, I've always done a lot of work with youth. Um, I worked at a number of youth shelters and sat on a few different committees and boards. And I also taught a lot of yoga and mindfulness to youth um, in prisons and group homes and um, a lot of youth at risk. So... um, I feel like uh, there's just so much need for just open conversation for mm-hmm. kids in general. Um, out here in Cambridge, it's a very different community and population than than out in Toronto, where conversation is just different. Um, but looking at at my two stepkids, I think that um, you know, to be honest, I'm always blown away by the ways that kids communicate yeah. now compared to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was even more exciting that conversation just flows easier i mm-hmm. think for many kids nowadays so i felt like we could make a huge impact mm-hmm. in ways that um that we probably didn't even know so we've taken a break from the program to kind of recalibrate it a little bit i think our needs here in cambridge are also different from those in london but um having ava um you know at her age kind of you know approaching those you know preteen years
0: yeah.
1: um it's just so cool to be reminded of the things that, you know, no matter what changes socially, we all go through the same stuff yeah. at that age as a girl. Oh my gosh, it's oh, terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's I
0: terrifying. have two girls. I said they're 3 and they're 5, but I'm already terrified right? of this age cuz it's Yeah. It's a hard age for anybody. But yes. then just to add the social pressures and the, and you know, I didn't, we didn't have to navigate social media yeah. and the online world when I was that age. That didn't even, ex- like, I mean, now I'm dating myself, but we didn't get our, we didn't get our, the internet in my house until I was in grade 11. Yeah, I like, think, yeah. No. I mean, and I'm not, I, I'm 37, like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I was already 16, 17, 18 before we even got into the world of online. And then kids are getting into it so young now, it's, it's terrifying but I think what's interesting with you is you also you have a son and a daughter so I feel like a lot of the conversation right now is around females and female empowerment mm-hmm. and which is great these Amazing. conversations need to happen but um you know where are the sons where are the boys in this conversation yeah. and you as a stepmom, um what's kind of your take on this having kind of one in, one of each and and different ages as yeah. well what what's your do, do you have different relationships with your stepdaughter than your son. Um, kind of how how do you navigating that right now?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think that uh, you know, <clears throat> being married to a true gentleman, um, I feel very very lucky. You know, Paul is amazing at really teaching his son to be so aware and mindful of girls. And um, they That's openly That's yeah. like giving me goosebumps right me too. <laughs> now. Um, it, it, they they often will talk about um, you know even just just basic even manners and and thoughtfulness and being caring and and considerate with your words. So I think that it's an unusual situation. If I look back to some of my exes (laughs) and, 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 you know, if we had had kids, I know that I would be up against a different conversation. Um, so to be honest, I kind of sit back and just so enjoy that example. Um, I often wish that, um, or think that Paul would be such an amazing mentor for young boys. I was lucky enough to see Michelle Obama speak in the fall and, um, she also spoke a lot about the need to get boys and men involved in mm-hmm. these conversations because you're right, there is so much powerful dialogue happening now yeah. among women. And I think that you know, if men do not understand those conversations and if they aren't included in them, I think that we risk, you know, losing some of this traction because yeah. there's such powerful stuff coming out yeah. about women drawing lines. Um, and setting boundaries and honestly it's conversation that it feels like it's so um, you
0: almost can't believe that we're having it. I know it's I, I agree I we've written uh, in the magazine I've written a bit about we did a, a whole follow-up to the YouTube, uh, Me Too campaign right and yeah it's uh, you do you sort of sit here and you think well now it's 2019 like how are we still having these yeah. conversations? And it's been, a real, it's been a real resurgence around these conversations as well. It's always conversations that people have been having, but it's just all of a sudden it's just really at the forefront yeah. of a mm-hmm. lot of conversations, and they need to happen, and they're important. And But you're right, I do feel like, and especially when you're talking about youth, Yeah, that the the boys are kind of being left behind a little bit well
1: and nothing changes you know our last girls camp that we we hosted at the studio um, we had some really open conversation about boys and um, I was it was very interesting to hear them talk about all the same things that we grew up with feeling objectified feeling bullied um, feeling even fearful of you know comments and judgments Mm -hmm. and those things so Nothing changes, right? Yeah. Like, those dynamics between boys and girls are kind of, you know, yeah. are they ever going to go away? It's just how we mentor and yeah. lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's exciting to think about, you know, what we can all
0: do yeah. to
1: bring boys into the conversation. Yeah, but like,
0: I think you, you made a great example with Paul being an example mm-hmm. to your son, like, I think that's what we need. It's we need our generation yes. to, and we, you know, we talked about this the magazine where you know women need to heal themselves mm-hmm. in order to to break that cycle and and have the conversations they need to have with their sons and daughters. But it's also the same. The men need to heal they, themselves and yes. understand what the conversation is, so that they are the ones who are mentoring the next generation. Nothing yeah. is going to change yeah. unless everybody kind of understands what the conversation and then we pass that conversation on to our children it's true so I I, I just I love that I love that we've had this conversation and this is kind of the second time it's come around I think (laughs) it's a really really important one um so just a couple last questions here you talked a little bit about you know your exes and and you Mm -hmm. have talked about regret at this point in your life is there do you have any regret or are you in the place that you are meant to be in Around kids or just in just general? Just kind of in general. Um, it's it, it, so great. Yeah, because I know you've had, you know, a lot of transitions happening leading up to this point. Yeah, like... no, zero regrets. Awesome.
1: Yeah, none. Zip. Great. Always, um, you know, I, I really think that uh, it's easy to say this, and I'm sure I said this in my 20s but didn't really know what the hell I was talking about, <laughs> but um, I, I really have come to believe, especially in the last few years, that, I don't know, I sometimes feel like life gives you... Um, exactly what you're looking for in the most unattractive package 90% of the time. <laughs> and it's it's just about, you know, trying to um, figure out how to turn those hurdles into opportunities. So, yes, I feel no regrets. Amazing. I'm Amazing. very grateful.
0: Looking forward to the next 5, 10 years and beyond, what type of relationship do you see with your stepkids? Like, you're obviously creating this really great foundation at such a young age, what do you envision um, your relationship looking like? I love this question because I really think that, uh,
1: it, as I said, it isn't until the last year and a half or so that, that I realized that I needed to have um, really strong tools in place to to be spending more time focusing on the family. Mm. I think sometimes as a step-parent, too, you're, you're fearful of, like, it's a vulnerable role. Yeah. So sometimes it's easier to just step back and be in the background and, um, even just to protect yourself Mm -hmm. in a way so you know it's taken a little bit of courage in the last year and a half or so but I'm definitely uh you know I have a schedule I have a routine now where I know when I'm going to be home and and when I'm spending time with Paul and the kids so you know I always say to Paul like I think it's time now to put in place those things that become um tradition or routine as the kids get older like you know, cottage time, game nights, you know, just time where we sit and read together. So we try do you do to do a lot of one on
0: one time with your kids. Definitely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like uh, Ava and I have different things that we'll do versus, you know, um, Brayden and I. Um, but we try to um, also give the kids alone time from each other. So we'll take yeah. the kids separately. That's so and, nice. um, yeah. It's just so nice to give them a little bit of independence from their siblings. So Um, You know, back to your question, I think, you know, my hope is that um, we can transition through those teenage years (laughs) as, you know, smoothly
0: as possible
1: and and, um, and just continue to create an open platform for sharing because it's not always going to be easy, but we just have to be. Um,
0: present for each other. Amazing. So just to finish out, um, if somebody's listening to this and they're a step-parent or looking at becoming a step-parent at some point, do you have any tips or um, resources or life lessons that you can, words of wisdom that you can pass on? Well, I look forward to maybe seeing if there are new resources that Mm -hmm. your
1: magazine comes up with because I think it's so limited out there. But I think... um, You know, not being afraid to just talk and share. Um, I think that the marriage has to come first. I think that the kids are stronger when you have a strong um, foundation, just like in any other uh, parenting relationship. I think also not to underestimate how tough it's going to be and how much, um, even if you have a great dynamic with the ex, Mm -hmm. with with their mom or their dad. It's very, very hard. It's a beautiful daily exercise in letting go, and um, picking your battles, and um, just being really, really present and honest with yourself. So, just to to be prepared that it is really tough, and just like parenting or yeah. any other relationship. I should say, I
0: mean, you're just you kind it's, it's right not that different from parenting. I know it's a different relationship, but right. the, you've still got that you've still got to have those basic. That basic foundation and yeah. those—it's the same morals and and right. and I, I you know I love I love this conversation. This cool, is awesome. Yeah, so,
1: thanks so much for having the conversation because well, it doesn't happen much. No,
0: I agree. I think yeah. it, it should happen more. There's so many people out there that have step parents and that are our step parents yeah. are looking at, at creating a blended family and. It's not a conversation people should be shying away from because we're all we're all in this together, right? Yeah, you know. So again thank you so much, Erin. This is such a great conversation. So we'll do another cheers Cheers with our tea. tea. Thank you. And there's a giant fat squirrel staring at us here. This is just like making my day. He's very chubby and
1: fuzzy, and he is in it to win it with his
0: little pose there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Thank you so much, Erin.